2: Look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
3: You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Back on primetime action, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Got to get to that teaser Tuesday stuff. Got to do that, because it's Tuesday. We'll do that momentarily. But first, an update from Kelly. All the action going around college and pro basketball.
5: Yeah, and college football. And NHL. We got everything wow. going tonight. We'll start with the matching here. Uh, Miami of Ohio up on Buffalo 17-7 to at game. 14 minutes remaining in the first half. Miami of Ohio 13.5 point live favorite 66.5. It's your live total in that game. Uh, the other one in action right now, Western Michigan leading Akron 10 to 7, five minutes remaining in the second quarter. Western Michigan 21.5 point live favorite. And 58.5 is your live total in that game. Ohio, Eastern Michigan starting here momentarily. Uh over in the NBA, one game in progress. Sixers and Bucks. Sixers just continue to do it, man. They are up 10 on these Bucks right now, 45 to 35. Ten twenty seconds quarter just getting started. Ten twenty remaining there. Uh, Bucks still a f- live betting favorite in this. This might actually be an interesting live betting opportunity. One and a half, uh, or you get minus one fifteen on the money line on the Bucks right now. Might be something I'll be looking at here shortly. Uh, over in the NHL. We've got Hurricanes and Lightning, 0-0, zero, zero, end of one. So the crew looking okay there right now. Not, not winning, but not losing either. Uh, live numbers there, Lightning, minus 130. Hurricanes, even money, and four and a half, the live total. End of one in Montreal, Canadians lead the Kings, one nothing. The Senators lead the Bruins, one nothing at the end of one. The Bruins still a live betting favorite, though, minus 130. Senators, even money, and five and a half, your live total, Juice to the under. The Devils up on the Panthers, two to one. Second period just getting started. No live numbers currently up for that. And the Red Wings on top of the Oilers, one to nothing. Five minutes remaining in the first period. Red Wings minus one forty-five live. Oilers plus one fifteen. And your total is six and a half. A few big games go- going on in college basketball right now. At the half, Kansas leads Michigan State thirty-nine to thirty-two. Uh, Kansas, a 7.5-point live favorite, 145.5 is your live total. And then uh, this game just winding down, Ohio State with a one-point lead over Akron, 63-62, 45 seconds remaining in this game. Uh, a, our first upset to keep our eye out, uh, on here.
4: Wow, we're watching 41.4 seconds left. You're right, Ohio State up on Akron, 63-62. to 62. Um, Who's got the rock here? Trying to make out who's got Ohio State does have the basketball, um, and we'll keep an eye on that. What was the pre-flop number on this? 16 and a half. Minus 1,400 on the money line for Ohio State. So we shall see. Here's the clock ticks now. Akron's going to play uh, straight-up defense. There's about a 10-second, no, let's make it a 16-second difference between the uh, shot, co- shot clock and the play clock. Ohio State up one with the basketball. Drive. Stop. Drive to the hole and don't score, but get a tip in. And so they're up three. And Akron will call a timeout there. So drive to the uh, hole missed it, but a uh, follow-up to put uh, the Buckeyes up three in that one. In case a lot of people out there have Ohio State in a money line parlay, <laughs> oh, which I'm sure there are those it who do. It probably is, yeah. The brain-dead opening night parlay. Yeah, day
5: one, just tie in 16.. Yeah. yeah.
4: What could go wrong? <laughs> well, this might. We'll see. Uh, okay. Shall we? Let's do a little Teaser doing. Tuesday. Mm. Matt Brown on the guitar. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
6: I'm going to do a bass version.
4: What do you call this, Matt? Teaser Tuesday? Is that just what you name yeah, is? just
6: Yeah, this was the original. Yeah, I was like, Matt, I need something for Teaser Tuesday open. Give me a stick guitar to like okay? funny When you texted me, I just, I had happened to be, I was sitting there on the guitar. As <laughs> You're well, like, anyway. I'm already doing it. Yeah, I was already playing around. <laughs> And there it was. Does your Boom.
4: wife walk in, look at you, just jam it out, was, just, just, just shake wow, her head and walk away?
6: Wow, wow, wow. And like, oh it, just, it, it hit me perfectly. And I was like, "That's it. <laughs> that's that's, it. A, that's, that's it. That was
4: it. it hit me perfectly. It's like you. You. It's not. It's not you. It's. It's from God. It just yeah, yeah, goes through you. Yeah, just, you're just, just a vessel. It just,
6: it just flowed through me right there, and <laughs> bam! Teaser Tuesday became a hit.
4: So we got a lot of options this week. We really do. A lot of Wong teaser options. Again, Stanford Wong, pseudonym, real name John Ferguson. Uh, the most. Plus EV teaser options over time. Though I will say the last decade there's an exception to this. But long teaser options, uh, short dogs, either home or road, one and a half to two and a half, teased up through the three and the seven. And uh, favorites at home, seven and a half to eight and a half, teased down through the seven and the three. So you got the, uh, the Cowboys here as an option, hosting the Falcons, their favorite by eight and a half. Stillers, eight, hosting the Lions. Browns are one and a half dogs at the Patriots Vikings, two and a half dogs at the chargers Raiders, two and a half dogs hosting the chiefs. And then Kelly has thrown in what I think is probably the one that I'll tie in everything to, which is true, which is the Ravens on Thursday night. You like them all or what do you like best? I For me, ra- I like Ravens Raiders is the first thing that I, that jumps off the page for me, but there's a whole bunch. I like
6: Ravens. Yeah. Are going to be in a lot for me. I, I've, feel like this Cowboys, this Cowboys leg, I understand they laid up.
4: A... Let me just interrupt you real quick. I, I turned my head. Akron hit a three and got fouled. Are is that serious? what just happened? Well, All yeah, of a so sudden I, it's 65-65. Must have. And it's a, is that a four point play that they're up a point with six seconds left? Got to four check the play, play by play.
5: Yeah, four point play. I'm wow. here the downstairs.
4: So Akron up a point with six seconds left and Ohio State will have the ball with a chance to win it. But whoa. 16 and a half point dog. I'm sorry, man.
5: Well, they 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 fouled when they were up 3 Gil. They just
4: Yeah. You know, <laughs> Once they let again. The shot go, get off
6: though and go in, too.
4: How many money line parlays could be done in 6 seconds? Oh
6: man. It's going to rock the recruiting world in Ohio. Everyone's just going to start flooding to Akron.
4: Well, how many of these how many of these guys at Akron Kelly avoided, you know, wild kangaroos to get to school today? <laughs> That's <is>
6: true. <laughs> That's
5: right. We
4: established that. A big night the, show.
5: the football teams in action too. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh
6: I think the Cowboys I think the Cowboys get get it back together this this week. I mean, that was just a complete and utter flop this past week. And they're look they're going to get Gallup back now. That offense that you know was so incredibly dynamic now is at full strength for the first time in a long time. And look, that was just a the, every team has laid an egg. Oh, we mentioned this yesterday. Every team's laid an egg except for the Cardinals. Like every single team that we consider to be good has laid an egg except for the Cardinals so far this year. And so. This will be the – have, we have to give these teams passes because if we don't, then no team's any good and we right. can't trust any team, right? So, like, I'll, I'll give them a pass. I think they they go ahead and get right this week. And so getting them down to two and a half, I think, is a good – it's already in, you know, the account as it is right now. Anyway, um, Steelers is already in the account as well. So I got that one down against this Lions team. I Look, the Steelers are not good. They're bad, but they're – a better version of bad than the Lions are. They're at least a version of bad that has a good defense. <laughs> this is excellent analysis. They're at least the version of bad that has a good defense as opposed to the Lions, which has neither. They don't have a good offense or a good defense. At least the Steelers have a bad offense but have a good defense, and so I'll go ahead and take them to win that game against the Lions. I'm nervous about that, Browns. I was I thought I would be all over that, I'm a little bit nervous about that one now without without Chubb. I mean, look, they're just such a better team Yeah. when he is out. Th- I mean, like, th- I, know, I know we live in the running backs don't matter era right now, but there are some that do, and he is one of those guys that just does with that offense, and they're just so much better when he's on the field. So, I don't know. I, it might still end up in the account hopefully maybe that thing creeps up another point or two and like cause i know you got it at three yeah right? i got yeah. it at three and i teased it up but matt even
5: then it was like it was the like i only put it in one teaser i didn't put it in multiple so i was already a little bit you know like mm. i liked it didn't love it yep. so yeah sitting here today would i go recommend to other people to do it Nah, i don't i would say maybe probably not though like i i don't i wouldn't be i wouldn't be probably putting the bed in today yeah uh, because this is now the third week in run.
6: Yeah. Like so rugby. at two and a half it's kinda like you run from the Vikings because we know they're gonna lose this game by a field goal. <laughs> like like so but you can get it up to eight and a half. And so like that seems like the perfect bet to make.
4: I mean, clearly that's but like
6: happen. getting, you know, the Vikings up to eight and a half. But I mean, in all seriousness though, I mean, if you're if there is a game, that plays into their horrible strategy of getting up and then yes, here we go. Did we lose? Ohio State had six seconds.
4: They crossed the timeline. Chris Holtman told them to call timeout. So now three point two seconds left. They'll inbounds it uh, on the far on the uh, close side of the court. Now to the bucket. Inbounds pass inside. Terrible defense. What was that? Bunny. Just a bunny at the buzzer to win it. Oh, that was awful. How did, easy was that? Did, they, did,
5: did two guys run out to cover the three-point shooter and left the oh, uh, center or, or forward in the middle of the lane wide open?
4: I don't know if you got that from my horrific play-by-play, but it was so apparent it was going to be an easy
6: bucket. It was like, what are you doing? <laughs> guys. I, I want to see that replay. I think that's what just happened. Oh. I still think – well, with that win, I think Ohio State's still going to get the bigger recruits in the state of Ohio than outside of Akron. <laughs> the kid who uh, had made the four-point play for
4: Akron, Ali Ali, A-L-I-A-L-I, the first uh, new uh, fun name for those who aren't following college basketball closely.
5: Yeah. That was That's what it was. You had two guys close out on the three-point shooter.
4: And then Ali couldn't really – he was like, I can't foul this guy. How easy was that? Oh, who, that – that's that uh, – that's – That was their star from last year. That that's the most, that's the easiest Easiest two point (laughs) bucket you will ever see in your life. Easiest game winning shot you're gonna get. It was the it was the second dude that that went up to the yeah right. Oh man, that's horrible. Key with the game winner. Anyway, sorry man.
6: No worries. Done it again. Uh, What I'm saying is, if the Vikings horrible strategy, they put point three back on the clock. By the way, yes, they're not gonna win. <laughs> um, the is, is it, it would play out like against the Chargers though, right? Because like the Chargers have the worst run defense in the NFL, and so if the Vikings were to get a lead and then they go into this like run, 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 it, it, at least you're running into the worst. If you're at least you're running into the worst run defense in yeah. the NFL, right? I mean, at least you're getting that, right? So you should be able to get at least a couple of first downs along the way and protect some sort of lead with all that. So. I don't know Vikings. Maybe end up in 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 one for me, as well. I, I know Gil, you love this one. I it is just it's hard for me to pull the trigger. on, I can't this, do it. on this on this Chiefs Raiders one. It's just real. It's tough. Drew who's going I up on it. the
4: show later. I think he likes the Chiefs. I get he it. Loves kids.
5: I can't do it. The the ones I have in the account. I laid six and a half with the Ravens. Tied Ravens in with the Cowboys. Tied, tied Ravens in with the Bills down at six and a half. Uh, Browns and Cowboys. I have a Bills and
4: Cowboys. So I've got, I've got a few teasers already in the account. Ohio State wins. Had to go full court 0.3, and Christian Leitner was not on the court. Ohio State, preserving money line parlays for everybody. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk college basketball with Matt Cox. Get his reaction to Ohio State from Three Man Weave next. Beaston's Primetime Action.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action
3: with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on V-CEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Back on primetime action, Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Glad you could join us uh, tonight for a smattering of sports, pro and college basketball. Emphasis on college basketball little hockey, little maction. No football, no baseball. Baseball's over, I'm told.
6: Baseball is, well, no. No, it's we not. We have announcements to be made. Yes,
4: we do drag it out as long as you want Major League Baseball. That's so what they're like.
6: They were like they were like, "Hey, the the NFL does it really cool with how they do yeah. the draft, yeah. and free agency and stuff like" We should do that with our awards, and like well, they're going to get the, the. No one cares. No one cares. Yeah, it's like, hey man, except for those of us who have massive no, tickets. No one cares.
4: No, All right, no, no one cares. Let's talk some college basketball. I had the pleasure of talking to Jim Root, part of the three man weave crew this morning in studio on a numbers game. Now we have the man who's the point guard of the group. It's Matt Cox. How you doing, Matt? Gil, so great to hear your voice, man. How are you? I'm I'm well, man. You so you're not moving here, man. You're staying in Chicago.
2: What are you doing? Now nah, you and Jim pulled the rope plenty hard but I, I love my Sub-Zero winners here in Chicago. So me and Kai are, are hunkering down here in the HQ of uh, the three-man weave. If you
6: added a fourth person, would you change your name to the four, four-man weave?
2: We've discussed this. I, you know, I've actually been thinking about defecting myself. It's sort of we're at that boy band uh, maturity curve where I've gotten too big for the group, and I want to kind of you know spread my <laughs> wings and, and <laughs> flap away. So, I think if anything, oh, we are so going to the, two the other weave. direction. Ah, yeah, The dual yeah, wow. weave.
4: Wow. Which is a tough
2: drill to do in basketball. I'm not sure if mm. you guys ever tried that, but you can imagine it's a difficult one to execute.
4: So, you're Timberlake and like Jim is Lance Bass kind of thing? Yeah, know? the other kind of
2: yeah. supporting cast of characters whose yeah, names right. have escaped me for good reason. Okay,
4: I understand. All right. Matt Cox, everybody, coming from a uh, position of, of being more awesome than the other two three man weavers.
2: Listen,
6: we better take advantage of this side. He might be gone next he might be oh, gone. Uh, We might not even have it. Might have to for, pay for yeah, him next yeah, time.
4: Uh, Matt, let's start with, before you get into what you have tonight, let's start with futures that you have played, either to win the whole deal or perhaps more uh, significantly conference plays. Have you made any of those this
2: year? Made a few. My two most notable national title futures uh, really had me questioning, second-guessing myself. Just saw Indiana almost lose at home to Eastern Michigan, got up 20. Eastern Michigan came all the way back cut it to three Tennessee her with UT Martin. So early starts don't want to overreact to that, but those are two teams that I think have been criminally undervalued in, in the market. Indiana, I just think has a lot of upside new coach, a lot of talent, a lot of depth. Um, they were being priced around a you know, fringe top 30 team. And I think their upside is actually top 15, even higher um, Tennessee. On the other hand, it seems like people are souring on Rick Barnes. They had that stinker of a game in the tournament last year. Um, Oregon state looked completely confounded by zone they have uh, Kennedy Chandler, a stud fringe five-star point guard. I think he's the missing link to a, a fairly, t- like I said, talented, experienced. They have like get off the bus test DNA, where they they walk off and it's like, oh my God, look at those dudes, and they just swarm and they defend you like gangbusters all over the court. So it's for different reasons, Tennessee and Indiana are my two future tickets. I believe I'm holding those at uh, 500, sorry, 50 to one and 66 to one, respectively, on Tennessee and IU.
4: And the thing about these is if those numbers do, do not exist for people right now, we were talking about the, that this morning, the, the beauty of college basketball, perhaps more than any other sport, is you can, you know, it's such a fluctuation through the year, but you can also, you know, fast forward to February, you get some of these teams at even better numbers than you can now. So even if you can't get the numbers that uh, Matt did, uh, you never know. You might get a better one later. There's no extra points for, for making those wagers now if that's the case. You would agree with that 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 a lot of good stuff is available yes. late.
2: Yeah, I think the one I mean even tonight with the Champions Classic, Kentucky, Duke, just a general narrative coming in the year, the Blue Bloods had that stinker last season for a, a number of reasons. I think they're all undervalued, Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke notably, especially Duke and Kentucky. So my advice, and I, I said this before, was just wait till after tonight's game. The loser of the, uh, of the Kentucky-Duke game, I, I think that probably you get a little bit of value there. And I still think those are both fringe top three, top five teams. And they're being priced, um, not just in the, the betting markets, but also in some of the analytic, uh, Ken Palm, they're fringe top 10, top 15 even. So those are two good bets. Yeah, to your point, Gil, you can wait. Patience is always a virtue in this market.
6: Well, Matt, let's go ahead and talk about that game. That's the one everyone's going to be tuning into. That's the game that everyone's been talking about all day long. Right now, Duke three-point favorites in that one, a total of 149, how did you see this one?
2: Was looking at Duke, but the early money smashed it. I think it opened at one and a half, uh, two, depending on where you looked. And that yeah, now it's up to three. I think it's a pretty sharp line. It's weird to think of a Duke team that's a little younger than Kentucky. Uh, usually Kentucky's the one with more of the freshmen relying on the youngsters. It takes a while to, for them to get up to full speed. This year, it's a whole different Kentucky type of roster. It's a bunch of solid transfers from like all over the country, it's a new type of rebuilding, retooling project for Calipari. Uh, it's a squad that I think starts out a little sluggish out of the gates. Duke, despite being the younger team, I think has a more clear identity. I like them in this matchup. Um, you know, similar to that Tennessee narrative, th- this front court for Duke is overwhelming. It's it, it's jaw on floor, big, length, and we saw Kentucky struggle in a couple of their exhibitions. Um, and I don't want to overreact to that, but I think you can you can glean some some potential early trials and tribulations from those games. I've been trying to keep my eye on that. And Kentucky was one that popped as as a team that's like, eh, maybe by end of December, January, they start to hit the turbo. But right now, I think they'll have some struggles early on.
4: What do you like best tonight that has yet to tip off, man?
2: Uh, well, I had poor timing here. I was going to try and uh, shoehorn a Washington endorsement. I believe they've already tipped off. Um, is that right? BYE or Washington were my two plays on the board. One has already tipped. Uh, but Washington is the, is the one that uh, I'm looking pretty hard at late tip. I think 9 PM uh, my time, a team 734 on the betting rotation. Sorry, I need to be remembered to, to endorse that. It's a team Washington that has struggled the last couple of seasons. Uh, Mike Hopkins has come under a lot of fire. there. former Syracuse assistant uh, runs a lot of the same type of zone that that's that Jim Beheim runs. He's uh, he's evolved away from that to some degree. They have a lot of talent. I think this just is a matchup that's juicy for them. Always good at home when they're playing Northern Illinois, who is atrocious, brand new coach, wants to run up and down, a system that will not play well as a large dog. So I think this is a time of the year where you're looking to bet large favorites and you got to pick the right ones. And to me, the Huskies feel like a good one at home.
4: BYU still up on the board. I don't think that's tipped off yet either. It's not tipped yet?
2: Yeah, you're no. looking at the wrong game? I don't believe oh, so. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, same yeah. tip time. Okay, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, 7.22 on the rotation. That's sitting at minus 14 and a half, pretty much painted right now. Cleveland State was last season's mid-major darlings out of the horizon league. But Mark Pope is one of my favorite coaches in college basketball. He is notorious for not taking his foot off the gas. They're not a a excessively athletic team. They're not a team that's going to necessarily wow uh, make it seem look like a men versus boys, but they play such good offense. They're deep. They're well coached. And like I said, they always put the pedals in the middle second half. Mark Pope likes to outpace those analytic metrics in order to to gain the net system that efficiency margin plays is such in, in the selection committee criteria so that's it's not a team that's going to let up at all and i think mark pope's a good large favorite especially at home so two home west coast plays for me
6: Matt, who are a couple of teams that aren't going to be kind of jumping off the page because they're not full of five-star guys, they're not full of guys that are going to be early round NBA picks or anything like that, but we see this come around every year as we get later on into the season, and we're heading into the tournament, and it's a bunch of old guys, old guys by college basketball standards who played together a ton, and they're going to end up making, you know, that you kind of are at least keeping an eye on because they might make a run when all when it's all said and done.
2: I'll give you two. Oregon, I'll stay on the West Coast. The Ducks, they have some injury concerns up front to start the year, but this is a roster that's loaded with talent. And Dana Altman is notorious for, uh, especially in March, right? In, in tournament settings, they play a lot of multifaceted defenses. It's a tough team to prepare for on short rest. I think you'll see them ascend toward the end of the Pac 12 season and then really be in position uh, to make a deep run in March. So if you're looking at maybe a future ticket, they 've been priced pretty expensively in that market so I don't know if I'd endorse at the current price but but Oregon's an older team Grizzle team I think they break late uh, the second one I, I really like is actually Louisville um, a lot of transfers Chris Mack had a tough year last year deep um, immune to injuries I just we've seen so many injuries already pop up this this off season coming into the start of opening night teams that have you know 10 11 12 guys it, it builds that foundation to to any you know gut-wrenching dynamite type of, of injuries and, and Louisville's built like that and I think they have a good a, a good understanding of who they are now um under Mac, they're trying to run more I, I think they finally have a point guard now and Jared West Malik Williams up front is healthy just a lot of lot to like about Louisville so Louisville and Oregon uh two older teams uh, well coached uh, I think they bode well for late breakers
4: uh only 30 seconds here left uh let me just ask you this Matt real quick uh, who are the teams that are the most intact from last year? Is UCLA, in terms of like a team that went deep, is UCLA perhaps that team?
2: UCLA is that team. I think uh, Purdue's not far behind, but UCLA is right up there. Uh, they bring everybody back, and they are part out- a five-star freshman, the team we almost saw beat Gonzaga. So, yeah, it's hard not to like what the, uh, the Bruins put together.
4: All right, Gonzaga the short shot to uh, make the final four at plus 190, but then Michigan plus 330, UCLA and Villanova right behind them. At plus 380. Matt, we look forward to talking more this year, sir.
2: Absolutely, man. Let's do it. Appreciate it, Matt
4: Cox. Uh, you can follow 3-Man Weave on Twitter at 3MW underscore CBB. We'll talk about this after the break, but Mike Garofalo reporting that the Packers have been fined $300,000 following the NFL's review of their COVID-19 oh, protocols. I'll do it. As Rob Dabowski said, the league-reviewed press conference a substantial video from within the team facility. And how about this one? Also from Mike Garofalo Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard were fined $14,650 each. I don't know how he's going to get by. For attending a maskless Halloween party. The party was not sanctioned by the team, but the league determined the club should have penalized both players. $14,650. What is that in you and I dollars? The, yeah,
6: it, you got charged 50 cents. 50 cents. 50 cents. Yeah. We'll 50 talk about cents.
4: This and more coming back. Recent primetime action.
3: You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: With college basketball starting this week, now's the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide for only $10. This year's guide is everything you need to bet on the games all season long, including odds, trends, power ratings, analysis for every team. Great job by all that were involved. Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, Tim Murray. They provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and player awards. Sign up today and get your copy for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. No, you didn't bite on that one?
6: I'm just still, this is just killing me.
4: Let's let's review what we said here before the break. We'll get Matt to go on a rant about this. This is Mike Garofalo from uh, NFL Network. He said the Packers have been fined. He tweeted this. The Packers have been fined three hundred thousand dollars. We were all wondering, hey, would there be suspensions? Would there be fines? He said the Packers have been fined three hundred thousand dollars following the NFL's review of their covid-19 protocols. As Rob Domovsky said, the league reviewed press conference and substantial video from within the team facility. So that's three hundred thousand dollars for the Packers. Then he went on to say that Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard were fined $14,650 each. How did he come up with that figure, by the way? For attending a maskless Halloween party, the party was not sanctioned by the team, but the league determined the club should have penalized both players. So $300K to the Packers and $14,650 each to Rodgers and Lazard. And, and we, I said it before the break. I was like, how much is that to us? And you said a nickel. It really you, is.
6: You, um, you remember when Devin White grabbed Jam- Jameis Winston, and it was like a borderline horse collar, but it was a horse collar, you know, and the, the thing that hurt Jameis' knee. Yes, Nathan, yes. He was fined $15,450 for a, a tackle in, in the heat of the moment. Oh, man. Tackle and it was made, not a And it was
4: not a horse collar, by the way. At all.
6: I mean, it was, yes, borderline at best, horse collar, right? He was fined $15,450 for that. So, a heat of the moment tackle, one armed on a guy or whatever, was fined more than Aaron Rodgers was for a decision that he made of sound mind, not in the heat of battle or any kind of anything like that, that he went and did. And so, you know, quick math here, Gil. Quick math. Yeah. Um, so, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, makes uh, thirty five million dollars, mm. so he could pay uh a thousand of those fifteen thousand dollar fines, and he'd have twenty million dollars left over. So <laughs> he could just go to a thousand Halloween parties, masless, and then he would have twenty million dollars.
4: No, and let me just step over. in because there's definitely going to be people who are listening to you and say, "Oh, he's one of them." No, what Matt? Let me just let me just sort of clarify. Regardless of how you feel about the entire issue, the NFL has rules. And so all we're talking about here is the fact that the, that the rules were not only broken, they were kind of made a mockery of here by Aaron Rodgers. And so for making a mockery of those rules, the ultimate penalty is 300 k to the Green Bay Packers and 14650 for both Rodgers and Lazard, each of Rodgers and Lazard. That is what would prevent any other player and any other team now from just just absolutely Dude, breaking the rules. Whatever.
6: So, especially from the team standpoint, right? Like there is no incentive for any for a team to self-report to to suspend a player on their own or fine a player or even ruffle a player's feathers, really, because 300k to a to these multi-billion-dollar organizations is not a deterrent. At all. Again, this is this. We're just literally just talking about what this it, what this does from a standpoint for these teams and these players. Like, I mean, it, it just there's no deterrent whatsoever. Like I just said, Devin White was fined more for a tackle he right. made in a game, in the heat of the moment. Like, I mean, like in he, in he gets fined for that, and then you know the these teams you know blatantly skirt the rules, players blatantly skirt the rules, and literally get a less than a slap on the wrist. Like less than a slap on the wrist. It's just. Again, we said we knew he wasn't going to get suspended because yep. he was a superstar. Yeah. I thought, I thought from a fine standpoint, they would at least uh, yeah. do something.
5: I thought it was going to be like make an example, like a large, larger amount of money than we would have thought even. Uh, Jonathan Jones, senior NFL reporter over at CBS, got a little bit, a little bit more detail on all of this. I'm just going to go through a series of tweets here from him. Uh Quote, can confirm the league has fined the Green Bay Packers $300,000 for noncompliance with COVID-19 protocols. League has fined Aaron Rodgers and Dallas for $14,650 $14, each for attending the Halloween party while being unvaccinated. The NFL made it clear to the Packers future violations could result in greater punishment, which includes not only a loss in draft picks, but a change in draft position. The league reviewed video supplied by the Packers. There were, quote, a few isolated incidents uh, instances of Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard maskless inside the f- facility, but otherwise the league felt the team and players were, quote, substantially compliant. This goes on. $300,000 fine from the league also includes a a fine for the Halloween party. Though the Packers didn't sanction the party, they were aware of it after the fact and didn't discipline or report Rodgers or Lazard to the league for violating protocols. The NFL completed its review today, reported the fines to the team this evening. At this time, it appears to be the extent of the punishment for the Packers and Rodgers. I would not expect expect maskless in-person
6: press conferences going forward until he is vaccinated. Yeah, that, so that's that's the other thing. It's like he's only getting he's only getting they're only getting in trouble for, for this Halloween party that's thing it. and not the numerous press conferences over eight weeks that 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 happened. Are we just are we just sweeping that under the under the rug? <laughs> I just i so much I love say. that like the, like <laughs> it's like
5: hey I love the part of the the future violations could be worse. Oh, it's like, know. wait, what? Like you don't, think, like, you don't think the Packers feel like they just escaped with the biggest W of the year right of now?
4: Other teams should be really, really angry at this because you know they had all their players abiding by all the rules, and now you know this is the ultimate slap on the wrist thing. So it's like, well, the other teams will be like, well, why did we, why did we even bother with all this stuff?
5: I think, I think other guys too. Like, think about the guys that we kind of laughed about, like. Yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers talked about this in his interview last week of, like, the witch hunt that was going on. and Kirk Cousins before the year he's talking about setting up plexiglass. And we're kind of laughing at him at the time, but it's, well, at least he was honest about what he wanted to do,
1: Yeah, right? A,
4: that's, I mean, that's the real takeaway from this is that Aaron Rodgers did more as a, as a PR hit to himself in all this than anything. Because the other guys, regardless of your stance, right, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, they will tell you, I'm not vaccinated. I'm uh, still doing my research, whatever their reasoning is, right? But they'll tell you. They'll be honest about it, and they will follow the rules. That's the point. Aaron Rodgers was dishonest and didn't follow the rules. And there you go. Yeah, it is what it is. I can't, I believe the NFL came, doesn't care what anybody thinks. I can't believe that
5: came down during the show, and that's all it was. That's
4: all it was. They want it swept under the carpet so badly.
6: I should say, it's just, yeah, I mean, again, we're, I just can't believe there's no, there's no – there's no repercussion for the eight weeks of the press conference and stuff. That's all I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it's just, that's all I'm saying. People, people on Twitter are like sitting here, like I'm making some sort of judgment on like, whatever. no, that's
4: it's, why I stepped in. Cause I knew they were going to think that about you. Just, yeah. It's just about the rules.
6: It's yeah. It's just, yeah. It, it's, it's literally about, there were eight weeks of other stuff that we're apparently just going to not, that we're just going to ignore. I mean, like, I just don't, I just don't, I don't know, I don't get it. I don't get the consistency, or lack thereof.
4: So Aaron Rodgers, you know, is sort of unscathed. Odell Beckham Jr. gets his way. He gets
6: to play for whoever he wants to, whoever he can finagle a deal with. It's the way of the world, man. It's the way it is. It's the way it is. So, Kelly, I was, I was telling you, I said I wanted to hold off on the, on the whole Jokic thing. You know, because I wanted to like us to have like a, a nice little time to be able to talk about this. Because he's gonna be fine more than Aaron Rodgers was? Oh well yeah, I mean there's no doubt about that. Like, that's,
5: <laughs> yeah, How many games
4: certain. does he miss? One to three?
5: I say higher than that, but I don't know. It'll be a game for sure. I think Mortis should get a game and I think he I I mean, if you ask me, I think Jokic should get five.
6: Whoa. Five. You're going the other way? Yeah. But you're 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 punishing the retaliator as opposed to the dude who initiated? Yes. Interesting, <laughs> unabashedly Seth. Yeah, unabashedly. It's like, yes, unabashedly. I am.
5: It was a very hard foul by Morris. That if you it was s- a
6: dangerous foul was the thing because like when a guy's going up and you undercut him like that, like things bad things can happen. Sure. Like, Morris took a pretty sure. good shot at it. I mean, I mean, check.
5: Jokic at whatever size he is going into a guy blindside is even more dangerous. I would say though.
6: Oh my God, are you serious? Yes. He just bulldozed. I mean, what, what are you talking Have you never just run into anyone? Like, what are you talking I mean, in about? The ba- in he was back. in the air and he got undercut. Like, that's like torn ACLs and all kinds of things. And all like, like ligament damages and I things you. when you lay in front of There was a stretcher he ran that came into out of the court. Like, what are you, like, he ran into it? There him. was a stretcher that came out of the
5: court
4: for Morris. You know what you guys should do? You should reenact it. Kelly, you'll play the role <laughs> of Marcus Morris. Or Markeith Morris, pardon me. You'll body check Matt. And then Matt will come from behind you. And he'll just cheap shot you. See what happens.
6: Yes. I have no problem at all with what, I mean, like, it with, with what Jokic did. None. That is like, when you undercut a dude who's going up, like, on a shot like that, like I said, that is like, there, there's severe injury that can happen when you do stuff like that. I mean, it was wrong for both of them. There's no, I mean, yeah. what did you think? I think
5: they are both incredibly in the wrong. Yeah. I, I don't,
6: what what do you think about Jokic though, people are talking about like, oh, he's like trying to act all tough or something. Like, that dude's from Serbia, man. Like he's seen some stuff. Oh yeah, he's seen some stuff. Like people are trying to act like, oh yeah, he's going to do. It. I'm like no, man, I don't think you want to mess with. I, I probably wouldn't want to mess with him. Jimmy Butler was still the best part. Jimmy Butler was ready to fight any everybody in the arena. Yeah, that was. After that, I
5: was like, oh man.
4: Jimmy. See, Tyler Hero acting like he wanted to fight. He was like, hey, hey maybe hold not. me back, hold me
5: back,
4: hold me back. Well, <laughs> Step across this line. This it, now this line.
6: It's because most now basketball fights, you know, are just. <laughs>
4: Yeah. Push, 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 push. We'll get Drew Ditsick on here, get his NFL plays for Week 10, his NBA thoughts as well. It's next, Vista's Primetime Action.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports
3: betting network.
4: Back on Primetime Action, Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Let's bring them in. Got not one, but two podcasts. NBC Sports, Bet the Edge, which he does with Sarah Perlman, and of course, the Dinsick Classic Podcast. Deep Dive with Andy Molitor. It's Drew Dinsic, everybody, at whale underscore capper. It's where you can follow him on the Twitter machine. How you doing, Drew? you good? Yes, I was
3: uh, sweating out this uh, position I have on the Milwaukee Bucks in the first quarter. The Sixers came out just Absolutely. Stone cold. Could not miss. Hottest team you've ever wanted to see. Ty- Tyrese Maxey, future all nba uh, But finally, it uh, looks like the fatigue's setting in a little bit for the Sixers. Uh, the the Bucks come roaring back in the second quarter. Uh, all of a sudden, now the uh, tide is tilted in my favor. They're up eight, so I'm, I'm in a great mood.
4: Since you started, good. I'm glad for you. Let's, uh, let's start with the NBA since you bring it up, because we didn't get a chance to talk NBA this morning, you and I. Um, the Warriors. Steph Curry, just messed around, had a fifty burger last night. Just filled up the box score. Warriors' best record in the NBA here. First ten percent of the season, a little ten percent plus. And so I just, I just want to ask you this: is the is the conventional wisdom are people sleeping on the Warriors? In other words, to the point where everybody started this NBA season, Its just the default is: oh well, when the Lakers are full strength, they're going to be great. When the Nets are full strength, they're going to be awesome. But are we are we sleeping on the Warriors in that same group? Because they don't have Clay, and they seem to be playing really, really well on defense. They have the pedigree, obviously not the same exact makeup of the teams that won championships, but they got Clay coming at some point. What do you think?
3: The Warriors are a really interesting team to talk about. And my read on them is pretty narrow. Actually, um, I have Warriors specific at four to one. I think that is a great bet. I think the Warriors finish with a one or two seed in the West. I think this is a great regular season team. Steph Curry is very, very live for the MVP. Probably ought to be the favorite. Um, This team is not going to win the Western Conference, however. In fact, I think they are a legit playoff fade. Uh, and I would not get involved in Western conference futures or NBA championship futures. They have all of the imprints to me of a team that is going to excel throughout the regular season. They could probably win 60, 62 games. Uh, and realistically, I think the fact that you kind of have a pretty clear idea of what we, you know, what, what to expect from these guys at this point, uh, is going to make them decent, you know, decent game by game backing for the next several months. Um, but uh, I would not fall in love with this team and their ability to compete in a playoff series, the way they are rostered, Um, the defense and some of the statistics that they are excelling in at this point, they're a little bit hustle oriented. They're a little bit luck oriented. And a lot of that stuff is going to regress in a playoff series, the defense. I do think there is a specific way you can attack these guys that a lot of these elite teams in the West are going to figure out in a best of seven series. And uh, I, I guess there are very, very clear ways to make money on this team in the regular season, in my opinion. Uh, but I am not buying into their likelihood to win the West or win the NBA
6: championship. It's interesting. I already fell in love, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> Drew, do you, want to, uh, <laughs> do, do you want to get your in, uh, in NFL thoughts for the week? But there are two late games tonight. Just, just real quick, any thoughts at all? Jazz, eight-and-a-half-point favorites over the Hawks, or uh, Clippers are now three-point favorites over the Blazers?
3: Yeah, being that you guys are an in-game betting show, this Hawks-Jazz one is going to be a delight to bet in-game because the Hawks are in one of the most precarious fatigue situations that any team is going to face all season. In fact, this is probably the worst. Uh, The Hawks are at the tail end of an absolutely brutal stretch. Uh, no, you know the, the compression of the schedule here and what they've been asked to do and the number of players they have on this roster who are being asked to uh, to produce minutes is really weigh, weighing down on this team and you saw it last night with the, their matchup against the Golden State Warriors uh, this team completely fell apart in the second half they couldn't make their defensive rotations and assignments in the third and fourth quarter whatsoever uh, and the game completely got away from them now what's their reward they turn around on 24 hours and they go play at altitude this is going to be a very very rough game for the Hawks. We saw these two teams play in a similar fatigued state in Atlanta last week and uh, realistically both came out cold. I think there was something like 80 points scored in the first half of that one. Uh, But then the jazz ultimately pulled away because the Hawks just don't have the depth. The young legs just don't have, uh, you know, they, they played much later into the season than a lot of these other teams. And they just don't have the, uh, you know, the, the experience and the, uh, the bodies to be able to bounce back to this tough of a situation this early in the season. I think for an in-game betting standpoint, if you see the Hawks come out, you know, somewhat hot, they play hard early. If they're up, Uh, a decent amount this jazz team may just kind of let them kind of get it all out and then wait for uh you know wait for the dead legs to show up and then just utterly bury them so i would take the jazz pretty much at any price during this game not really at any price obviously but if you can if this thing starts to shrink from eight and a half down to four and a half or even uh you know pick them let's say the hawks take a, a a a six- to eight-point lead into halftime, then the Jazz are just a spectacular second-half play,
5: in my opinion. Even the most – yeah, go ahead. Just to add on what Drew's saying, uh, news just coming across, too, Bogdanovich and DeAndre Hunter will be out for this game tonight for the Hawks, so even more of a reason.
4: Yeah. And that uh, that play, you know, go from uh, Pacific time zone into mountain time zone angles, like the oldest school basketball (laughs) handicappers used to use that also. They couldn't really define what was happening, but it is a thing, uh, tried and true.
3: Uh, playing in elevation is not easy anyway. I mean, the jazz and the nuggets have a built in home court advantage that does not relate it to the crowd. It's not related to the refs. This just, it's tough to go up there and, uh, you know, run back and forth, uh, you know, at, at, an NBA level, uh, and, you know, for sure, eight and a half. It is built into this number. Don't kid yourself. (laughs) This is a huge, huge tax. If you want to get involved with the jazz pregame. Uh, However, I think, you know, like what we've seen all throughout the season, the Hawks and, you know, similarly to what the, uh, uh, the Sixers did early in this game against the, uh, the bucks, you know, they, they give you a, honest effort in the first quarter early in these games Um, and their starters are good. So um, yeah, no Bogdanovich matters. No, uh, no Deandre Hunter matters defensively. um, But uh, realistically, I think uh, taking a Hawks team total under second half, taking a jazz second half position, there'll probably be some value there. I like it.
4: What have you bet week 10 national football league already? (laughs) Ooh, I kind of like the card this week.
3: Um, I grabbed Saints plus three, and that was my favorite play. Although now learning that uh, it sounds like there may be some issues uh, with the key running back there has got me a little spooked. Um, I'm going to follow that one pretty closely as we move into the weekend here. And Uh, You know, I think if uh, Kamara is ruled out, Saints probably ticks up to three and a half and I'll I'll likely grab more. Uh, But this is a sell high spot for the Titans, in my opinion, after what we saw from them in prime time. And the Saints defense is utterly legit. They are going to do a fantastic job of limiting the Titans offensively in this one. Uh, I grabbed the Eagles plus three, similar thought process here. I think the Denver Broncos defense is inflated off of what they did to the Cowboys. I think that was more of a Cowboys flat spot than it was really telling us much about the Broncos. The defense is still very, very limited in the front seven in terms of injuries and trades. Uh so I think the Eagles set up well to to control the ball and, and get a win against the Denver Broncos. Um I grabbed the Seahawks plus five, really just expecting that this is going to be a spot where um Aaron Rodgers does not play and Russell Wilson does. And I think likely this closes Seahawks pick a maybe Seahawks small favorite with the Russell Wilson versus Jordan Love. Um, and then uh, Finally, uh, on the sides, I grabbed Panthers plus 10. You can find some 10 and a halves out there. The fact that Sam Darnold is gone, I think, is an upgrade. Uh, and realistically, Arizona's still dealing with a number of injuries. This may be Colt McCoy. And Colt McCoy laying 10 is not something that should ever happen in the NFL. Uh, and then lastly... I took the Chiefs against your Raiders. I laid the two and a half. I think this is a decent buy low spot for the Chiefs, not just in this game, but uh, in general across the AFC and Super Bowl markets. Um, they are, the schedule doesn't get easy, um, but I think they're going to get wins here against the Raiders and the Cowboys heading into their buy and then coming out of their buy. They really don't play any many more difficult offenses on their schedule the rest of the way. So the offense can kind of their offense can kind of find their legs, get, you know, get a little bit of uh, um, a little bit of momentum heading into the playoffs and win the AFC West.
6: Drew, we got about a 90 seconds here after the mayhem that was this past week. Who who do you think has staying power? Who's long term? Who What team are you still bought into no matter what that you think is is here for the long haul?
3: Tampa. <laughs> they didn't even yeah.
6: play. Yeah. No, I'm I mean, saying, I know. Uh, I was saying yeah. the same thing earlier today. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
3: Part of it is because we didn't see them. They didn't let us down like everyone else. Uh, but part of it is that that team just does have depth and they are built for a playoff run and they are going to get healthier down the stretch. They're going to get there. They're going to get their good players in the secondary back. They're going to get Antonio Brown back, you know, in the month of December here. So, you know, they're going to be dangerous. They're going to be dynamic. And uh, I really do think that is your class of the NFC in the AFC Man, it is really tough for me to tell you right now. My numbers would tell you that the Bills still get the one seed and the Titans get the two at this point. I don't have faith in either of those teams. I haven't backed futures in either of those teams. I think you're talking about Chiefs, Ravens, Browns. One of these teams is going to get hot. Uh, one of these teams is going to either run through as the 3-4 or wild card seed and get their way to the Super Bowl, I would guess.
4: All right, Drew, we appreciate it. Just had a little incident back here in the yeah, studio. Sorry, sorry about a, the got, we, got, we got startled,
6: yes. Yes. Uh, yes, we got startled.
4: Everybody's okay. Yes. Um, thank we'll confirm you. over the break. Yeah, yeah that everything's good. Uh, I think yes. we're all intact. All right. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon.
3: Hey, best luck tonight, fellas.
4: You too. Drew Densig, everybody. Whale underscore cap. Are you okay back there, Sean? Yeah? Good? All good.
6: I'm just <laughs> throwing stuff around the studio. <laughs> he yeah. didn't like Drew's take, and he just, like, slammed his head. <laughs> all of a sudden, he throwing his out there. his audio. And, yeah, just, My all right. goodness.
4: Well, all right. We'll let him know. Drew, uh, yeah. betting the schedule this week. He likes a lot. He likes a lot of the stuff. Yeah. I,
6: I said he was going to add on to the Saints. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that.
4: Yep. Three and a half. He said he would add on. Mm. Coming back, among other things, our midseason NFL picks. And we'll look back at what we had preseason. Pride time.